All right, hello and welcome back to 300 in IMT FanCast. I'm your host, Chris, and today we're going to be breaking down and reacting to the game between Immortals Academy and FlyQuest Academy. My initial thoughts and takeaways from the first game are not too deep for our side. Um, I think there was a lot that we could have done better in terms of our early game decision making and a lot of the team fighting in the later stages of the game. But the, the point about the team fighting in the later stages of the game is kind of mute because our decision making in the early game wasn't exactly great uh, today. When this is being recorded, this is being recorded on Thursday night. But I think that there is positive things to take away from this game. There were a couple of mid-game fights that we found that were that were pretty good. Um, there was specifically a turn that was made by uh, Chad and Pretty, who played pretty well and <laughs> pretty well. You see what I did there? Because his name. Okay, never mind. Um, but there were a couple of fights in the mid-game that Chad and Pretty played out really well, and I feel like they were definitely bought in for this game. But I felt like there were a couple other players on the team who just were kind of going through the motions for a lot of portions of, of both games, but especially for this first game. Vital was absolutely having a tough time up in the top lane. He successfully defended himself against three different ganks um, in the early game and without dying on uh, Gangplank into the NAR matchup, which was impressive, but he did end up having a, a little bit of a rough score line at the end of the game. So the uh, the box score stout the box score scouters are not going to look on him too kindly for that one. But overall, um, solid performances from Chad and Pretty. But other than that, the game kind of, the team kind of looked a little lifeless, and there wasn't really a whole lot of pressure or creativity going on in any of the decision making at all. Um, and I think that part of that also comes from the draft. Uh, Arrow playing Zeri feels really odd. It just doesn't feel like an Arrow champ. Uh, I really liked him on. The Callista and things like things of that nature, along with the Jinx, which obviously got picked by uh, FlyQuest, but it could have been picked by us as well because they picked it on their first pick and we had, were on blue side. So obviously, if we prioritize the pick enough, we could have picked it ourselves. And clearly, FlyQuest see Jinx as a obvious or good counter to Zeri, which is why they picked it on their first rotation as well. Uh, the Ari was good for was good for pretty and the viego was pretty good for chad and he got a couple resets in a fight uh near the dragon pit when uh, joey engaged on the amumu and didn't really get a whole lot done in that engage but um pretty and chad were able to go through and kind of clean it up and save a couple kills for the fight otherwise it would have been pretty terrible we would have been 0 for 3 um but you know it was an unfortunate game um and i think it kind of starts here in the draft the amumu pick was a decent idea in theory, but in actual practice, it didn't really accomplish a whole lot, especially into the Nautilus. Um, Diamond had a really great series in both games. I felt like both in lane and out of lane, he was just able to create a lot of pressure on both of his picks. And uh, in this first game, it was definitely felt with the dredge lines that were coming through while he was playing the Nautilus. Uh, it was obviously a great choice for FlyQuest to ban the NAR in this game because he looked uh, Vital looked a lot better in the second game on the NAR especially in the early game when he was able to get to play it. Whereas, you know, in this game, he was unfortunately not able to play it because it was obviously banned away. And then the Akali for the FlyQuest mid laner, I'm blanking on his name right now, Spyrax. Yes, Spyrax was very good on the Akali. Um, he performed pretty well, and then Kumo was an absolute monster in the top lane on the Trindamir, which uh, kind of neutralized any threat that we had for having our Gangplank get online, who is incredibly broken in the meta right now. So they were clearly looking to neutralize uh, Vital and neutralize him. They did. So I'm going to start doing something 
for Academy. <laughs> I'm going to call it the good, the bad, and the ugly, where for each game, because it's a two-game series, obviously, I'm going to try and find something good to compliment, because I think it's always important to compliment something good from a game um, and pull out something positive, even in a game that you lose, and to mainly look on the bright side, because I'm a generally positive person. I don't like to be a downer. Uh, and then one thing that was not so great it doesn't have to be bad like really bad but it, it's not supposed to be good and then one thing that was just downright terrible and we're gonna start with the bad news first because arrows zeri hop over the wall um towards the later stages of the mid game was absolutely terrible uh the casters are absolutely freaking out because they're setting up to possibly go for a dive on three of the uh, FlyQuest um, squishies that were kind of set up near the bot lane tier one. And um, I forget who exactly it was. I think it was Yuji who was playing the Wukong was kind of split away from the group. And so they were going to try and tunnel on, they were going to try and tunnel on Yuji, not the group of three, but <laughs> arrow just like a madman, flies over the wall into no vision and just gets absolutely popped like he was he was just done after that um which was absolutely hysterical but also pretty bad um his form has been slowly dipping over the last few weeks which is unfortunate to see from one of the most tenured players in the league um but i think that he can pull it around and he can have a good end to the split i mean obviously we have games against dignitas tomorrow i think that we can win at least one of those games and then going into proving grounds which we're going to talk about a little bit later so moving up from the ugly to the bad, it just felt like there were a lot of fights where this is not necessarily the bad, but the not so great. It felt like there were a lot of fights where we were super close to turning a fight. Like there was, I think it was either the second or the third dragon fight where we get Tomo down to like 300 health and he's like almost, you know, breathe on the dude and he's dead, but we just couldn't find a way into the bottom half of the river because FlyQuest was trying to disengage down towards their bot lane and it just felt like we just needed that little extra push in order to get the kills that we needed in order to flip a fight maybe get some Viega resets going and give us some positive momentum in the game but it just couldn't happen and that happened at a couple different points in the game but that was the one that really stood out to me because that was kind of the tipping point where it kind of got really out of hand it was already out of hand from the beginning um with the uh the failed invade but after the after that fight in the river, it was kind of, I felt like it was kind of over from there. Um, but the good, there was a really good fight. I've kind of mentioned it twice now already, but it was one of the, one of the high points of the game, uh, with Chad and pretty teaming up, um, to get three kills, um, two on Chad and then one on pretty, which was, which was really good to kind of create some positive momentum and made it feel like we were still in the game. Uh, I was sipping hard on the copium in a couple of different discord servers, but, um, it was definitely good to give us some uh, some hope and to um, keep them from snowballing the game too hard in the early game, but it didn't end up mattering anyways because the Jinx was so far ahead. Uh, Tomo had two items at, like, I think 16 minutes, which is insane because he had Runans and he had Kraken at, like, 16 or 17 minutes. But I could be a little bit off on the timing there, but I'm pretty sure that that's what it was. Uh, overall, Chad and um, Pretty both played really well in this game. I feel like they've definitely been the uh, the centerpieces for this team, and they're kind of the reason why people keep turning up to watch the team, other than me, who, you know, I watch every game <laughs> just because it's Immortals, and, you know, I gotta do the thing, I gotta do the show. 
but I think that they're both improving a lot, and Chad is really proving that although he's not the most mechanically gifted, and that's not a dig on him, they're just people who are, they're just simply more mechanically gifted than him, um, especially, not especially, but in academy as well. I mean, there are some people in amateur that are more mechanically gifted than he is, but I think that his mind for the game is really, really good and is really solid, and he's good at shot calling, and he, he seems to be a really good teammate. So he provides a lot of value outside of the um, the the raw mechanical skill that a lot of players that a lot of people think of in general in a league player, which is really good to see in a jungler like Chad. Moving away from game one and going into game two, the early game was a lot better. <laughs> uh, we got a couple of kills up in the top lane up to Vital, who finally got to play the Nar, uh, which we'll talk about the drafting in a second, but. The early game definitely went a lot better. It was very obvious that in the post game that the team got together and kind of talked about the the mistakes that they made. Obviously, they're going to do that after any game, but it's really good to see that they're implementing changes right away rather than just like doing the same thing two games in a row, then going back and saying something about it and then fixing it like tomorrow against Dignitas. Um, the early game was a lot better. Chad was a lot more proactive. Um, like I said, they got Vital involved really early because they realized that, you know, that's a really strong point for FlyQuest. Uh, Kumo obviously has a lot of LCS experience. He played an entire split for their LCS roster in the spring and then part of the summer. So he's definitely an incredibly experienced player um, who is better than Vital right now. So it was good that they were able to give Vital those resources in order to maintain with Kumo. But unfortunately, some more <laughs> sloppy decision-making in the um, in the mid to late game is what cost us. Uh, it feels like there are a lot of games where, you know, we play an early game really well and then we sort of just kind of hang in there until the end and we lose one fight and then we lose the game. Um, it's really good that we're keeping up with teams and we're not like just straight up giving up. But it's also really disconcerting to see how often we throw late game fights, not just like straight up fights. Where or even not not late game, just mid game. <laughs> we were up like 4k gold going into the mid game, and then we threw like two fights, and the game was pretty much over from there, uh, which is disappointing to see. But it's kind of a perfect sum of what the season has been so far for us. Going into the draft, not a whole lot changes. Um, the same exact bans from FlyQuest on us. Uh, obviously, they're gonna ban the Talia because uh, pretty is a god on Talia. <laughs> Uh, he's insane, so it would make sense for them to do that. Uh, the Aphelios was a much better pick for Arrow, I felt like. Obviously, the Gnar was really good. Rengar was an interesting choice for Chad. He made some interesting decisions on it as well, especially when he just like sat up in the top lane for, I think, a good three minutes. Uh, they ended up getting a kill on the Aurelia, which was really good. Um, but his pathing, some of his pathing was a little interesting, and he didn't feel like he got super involved in the game, not nearly as involved as the uh as the viego i don't know i don't have the uh, third pick here that's my bet this should be a tom kench um i'm so sorry so they picked jinx tom kench for their bottom lane and diamond absolutely smurfed his butt off on the tom kench like he played insane and obviously they this was an adaptation because um we picked nautilus on our first pick of our second rotation so Obviously, they look at this here, the Aphelios, the, the Nar, and the Rengar, and they feel like Nautilus is not as good of a counter to, especially things like the um, the Nar, who can just like jump on you and then chain CC you for like a million years. 
and Diamond was incredibly effective and super clutch in saving so many of his teammates from either NAR CC chain or like Oriana ball. And um, he kind of solo carried the game. <laughs> you're going to look at the damage charts and you see, you know, Tomo had a great game on the Jinx for the second game in a row. It's almost like we should have banned it, but you know, who knows anything? I don't know anything. I'm just a, I'm just a guy who makes a podcast for fun. But anyways, <laughs> um, he definitely overperformed this game. I feel like he's definitely in the top half of the of Academy ADCs, but he was or not ADCs of Academy supports. But he was definitely performing like a world beater today, and uh, good for him. I think that he's a guy who has a lot of potential, and um, I like to see him succeed. FlyQuest is easily my second favorite team, so we took an O2 today, but. I saw some positive things. They're on paper, they're a better roster than us, so they should have won these games. Um, there were definitely some plays to be made that could have gone a little bit better, but overall, I don't feel like the game really went any differently than I expected it to. I kind of hyped us up on Twitter. I don't think it was on Twitter. I think it was in the IMP Discord, so we were going to two them, two of them today, which was obviously very optimistic. Um, but I think I saw enough positive from the academy team to keep me optimistic for what proving grounds can hold. Um, we're going to skip the good, the bad, and the ugly V2, because I think that a lot of the same issues from the first game applied here, except for the good, I'll add that the early game was a lot better for this game. Um, Chad just felt like he was a lot more involved in the top lane, which was really good in keeping Kumo from getting too far ahead, especially on the Aurelia, who's like super strong in every patch. I don't think she's ever been bad, um, but people just don't pick her. And so it was really cool to see him make more proactive plays towards the top side and keep the game involved and um, drag it out towards the end, which there were a couple of fights towards the end, which were really, really close and we just couldn't quite win them, which is the story for this entire split. I feel like this team has so much potential and they just need that little bit extra to just get over the hump. And uh, hopefully we can unlock whatever that piece is before proving grounds because the amateur teams this year are going to be tough and speaking of proving grounds, with this loss, we officially have to go into the plans. Uh, we would have had to at least 1-1 them today, them being FlyQuest, uh, and then 2-0 dig tomorrow and have FlyQuest go 0-2 to whoever they're playing against. I forget who they're playing against right now. But this means that we're going to have to go and play in the play-in stage against a very good amateur team because it feels like amateur is more stacked than ever before. I don't want to run into any of these teams right now. Um, I think that we can handle any amateur team that comes our way for the play-in stage, but to make a deep run in Proving Grounds this year, we're going to have to find that that little extra piece, that, like I said, that little oomph, I think that's how I phrased it. Um, but we're, we're really close, and I think that if the guys really buckle down, keep practicing hard, keep grinding champions queue, keep, you know, VOD reviewing and making sure they're doing what they need to do, I think that this team can do something really special. And uh, this is the team to watch out for for a Cinderella run, for sure. And with that, we're going to end the show a little bit quicker than normal today. Um, there wasn't really too, too much to talk about uh, between these two games. Both games were pretty clear-cut, but I am really excited to see Proving Grounds come back around again. I really love that time of year. It seems like there's always something crazy that happens during the tournament. And um, this weekend, where I'm really excited for the two big games for the IMT LCS team. We got... EG on Saturday, 100 Thieves on Sunday. So I'm going to try and upload on Saturday for sure. And then possibly up, be able to upload one on Sunday or on Monday. Get some reactions, get some breakdowns. But my name is Chris. This has been 319 FanCast. I hope that you've enjoyed. I love y'all, and I'm out. Peace.